Welcome to Do I Need Therapy? Get ready to receive valuable mental health tips and enjoy open conversations about life and love and when you need to ask for help. Let's reduce the stigma. I'm your host, Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for today's modern day. My guest experts and I are here to inspire you along your mental health journey and remind you, you are not alone. Hey family, this is Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for figuring out life in today's modern day. So glad you're tuning in because today we have a special guest on the microphone. We do that real talk very frequently with lots of special guests, but today's show, we have another anonymous caller in our series of that real talk with real people who are out there in the world. Maybe you will identify with maybe something that they say will be something that's happened in your life, something that you particularly reach out to. So they're sharing about their lives and about their course of different decisions and their stories with therapy or seeking therapy. Everyone is anonymous. So, you know, come on for the ride. So today we've got Miss Anonymous 103. Are you there? Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining. And it's always a pleasure because the real talk is so important it's always really vital to be able to just open up and have this conversation about our mental health. And it's been stigmatized for far too long, put into the back burner, in the closet, not talked about. So thank you so much. We, we really do appreciate it. Right, family? Okay. <laughs> okay. So really quick, before we get started with Miss Anonymous 103, disclaimer. So the disclaimer here is a reminder, this is not therapy or a therapeutic process of any kind. Anonymous 103, you are not a therapy client of mine. So to help get to know a little bit about who you are anonymously, of course, would you mind sharing, you know, just a little bit of basic information about yourself? Okay. So I am a lawyer living on the West Coast. I am single. I have no kids. And I am 35 years old. Okay, lovely. So single... West Coaster, right? Lawyer, very fancy, fancy, fancy. <laughs> so we got a professional here. No kids. Yes. And 35. That is correct. <laughs> I always looked at 35 as a nice little pinnacle. What do you think? 35 is a good year. It's more, it's been like a lot of, well, in light of COVID, like I've been doing a lot of reflection <laughs> about what, where I'm going with my life and where I see my future going. And so that, of course, has brought a lot of anxiety. I gotcha. And we're going to talk about that for sure. And just so I can get a little bit more um, gender, race, if you could share with the fam. Oh, I'm, I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm a black. <laughs> I'm, of course, I identify as black too. Okay, wonderful. All right. So then we have a nice little painted picture of who you are and so glad to have you. So in your life journey, right, where you are currently, do I need therapy? Are you pre or post asking yourself that question? I am post, yes. Meaning, because I'm in therapy right now. Or rather, I go to a therapist on a weekly basis. It just started two weeks ago. So it's oh. still in the beginning stages, but it's helpful in my opinion. Hey, lovely. And I'm, I'm ecstatic to hear that. So as a therapist with a therapist, <laughs> you know, I think everybody needs therapy. But on top of that, it's just, it's really significant you know, the fact that you stepped into it. And I'm just curious, is this the first time with therapy? In general, I started therapy about, I would say about five years ago, but it's been off and on. 
And this is my fourth therapist. So I have the first two therapists. I I mean, the first one, I guess I'm an only child raised by a single mom. And so like, I wasn't used to like expressing my feelings like growing up. And so the Mm -hmm. first therapist like helped me with that in that sense, like expressing my feelings more and being more in tune with my feelings. And then after a while, I just felt like I grew out of getting therapy from that individual. And then the second one, I don't feel we connected that well. Same mm-hmm. with the third one. And so this last one that I recently found, I feel like I have a better, so far, I've only met with her three times so far, including the consultation, but two actual sessions. I feel like it's a good progress right now. And she does cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what I really wanted to do because I wanted to change my mindset. Love that. And you know, the, the interesting, there were so many pieces in there that I definitely want to ask on. Where do I start? So the first one is that you worked really hard to find your current therapist. You, you said that the second and the third were not quite the right fit. And now that led you into your fourth. Yes. Okay. So how was that process from linking, you know, your second to your third to your fourth? How did you experience, you know, continuing to search for the ideal therapist or was it kind of a different process? What did it look like for you? So when I went to the second second therapist, I went about, I would say three to five times because it was covered by my insurance. So I just was like, let me just see how it goes. But I didn't feel like at the end of the therapy session that I really got something out of it so then that's why I eventually stopped going to her and then like probably a year later I was like okay let me try this again and so I went to a third therapist and I went to her a couple of times but I didn't like how I felt like she just wanted me to blame how I was raised for how I am and like I get like understanding where you come from or how you were raised does make who you are but I for me, I, I don't feel like that's helpful in advancing towards the future. Like, I just want to, let me just get, have all the tools that I have so I can proceed in the future and conquer the future mindset wise. And so that's how I felt like, and also I always felt like crap after that, those sessions. <laughs> <laughs> There's an indicator your therapist, you know, therapeutic relationship is not working for you. Mm-hmm. And then so now that led me to this current one, which I like so far. She's great. I, I like that she does cognitive behavioral therapy. And we started talking that talking about that during the first session, which makes me more excited about like of course we talk about my background, like my mindset, like how I even got there, but it I leave off, I end the session like feeling more motivated, essentially. Mm. Yeah. And it should be that way. You should feel some kind of, I don't know, relief, lightness, understanding, clarity, enlightenment, <laughs> you know, you know, something after, you know, a session of therapy, ideally, usually sometimes sessions of therapy are really difficult. You're talking about very difficult things. So, you know, you have those moments where you could leave feeling heavier essentially, but if you feel like there's work that was done, you, you can make the, the connections. So just a little bit more there. And family, I love Anonymous 103's journey here. She found a therapist originally, right? And I want to go back to that, your very first therapist and, and talk on that one. But at least with your second to third to the fourth, you didn't have a good fit. 
from the second therapist until the fourth, the, this recent, the current one, how long was that amount of time? I last saw the second therapist probably January of last year. Okay. And then the okay. third therapist was beginning of COVID. And then the last therapist is, would be sometime in October, October or September of this year. Okay, gotcha. So over, it was almost, gosh, that's close to two years. It's like a year and nine, 10 months. Yes. And family, this, this happens. And anytime you find a therapist and it's not quite the right fit, it doesn't mean that therapy is not going to work for you. What it means is that you, you know, you have some work to do. It's the same thing with a doctor, the women family of, do I need therapy? You know what it is when you're looking for the gynecologist, right? They are, they have to be a certain way for you to feel a hundred percent comfortable just to go in there and, you know, you got to open up to them, right? <laughs> you you got to be completely vulnerable and therapy is kind of the same way. You're looking for the right fit. So you go, you find a doctor, they're possibly not the right fit. You go back to your insurance, you go back to an online directory and you look at the next person. One thing I would recommend is always, whenever you're newly looking for a therapist, have like a list of maybe up to three different people that you would look out to. So as soon as you're done with perhaps not finding the right fit with the first one, you know the next one that you would go to. What do you think about that, Anonymous 103? I definitely agree. That would have been helpful in the process. Yeah. And, you know, when you're doing this, a lot of times therapy is new for people. So they forget about that. That's that little part. And yeah, you just get a collected list. Other thing I'd like to say is that along that process for finding the right fit, also make sure that you're talking to your therapist and letting them know, hey, this is absolutely not working for me. (laughs) This, This wasn't helpful. I don't appreciate this. Or by the way, last week's session was a lot better than this week's session. You know, as a therapist, I actually really appreciate that because it's going to tell me the direction that is helpful to you. How, how good was that during the therapy? Let's see. With the current one, I've been more vocal as to what I like and what I don't like. Mm-hmm. The third... Because you had the experience, right? You kind of knew off the bat. That was helpful. Yeah. Right off okay. the For the third therapist, I think I, I mean, I, I was also in like a weird place because the beginning of COVID. So yeah. I, I was not vocal about it, mm-hmm. to be honest. And then the second one, I was asking more questions, but she wasn't really answering it how I wanted. So eventually I just stopped. Ah, uh, gotcha. So you were communicating, trying, asking for what you were looking for. Didn't work out that happens. So I can definitely respect that you were doing your part. And for the family out there, make sure that you were doing your part inside of that therapeutic conversation. You know, maybe they would even have recommendations for you as well. The other thing that you mentioned inside of your story was you're talking about the CBT. You were looking for CBT. I sure was. Yes. Cognitive behavioral therapy. This is one of the most popular evidence-based therapeutic approaches inside of a therapy session. It's really excellent for a lot of specific things because it directly relates to behavior. Furthermore, it's just another formation of talk therapy, psychotherapy. You work with a mental health counselor, you know, in a very structured way, it's attending to a certain amount of sessions sometimes. So how it works is by working to change people's attitudes and their behaviors, focus on 
things of how the brain works, thoughts, images, beliefs, attitudes, inside of the essentially cognitive processes so that these things always relate to how you actually behave so that your thoughts and images, your beliefs translate to your behaviors. So if you have negative thoughts, images, and beliefs, then you would have negative behaviors. But if you work really hard to change those things to positive, positive thoughts, images, beliefs, and attitudes, then you would automatically have more positivity inside of your behaviors, and then your emotions follow suit. How did you know about it and know to look that this is what you need? Mm, great question. I like to read a lot, a lot about psychology. So I'm sure I'm not a obviously I'm not a therapist, but like I like <laughs> about psychology and just to analyze like my thought process or like the way I've been thinking my whole life, just to challenge it. And so I'm pretty sure that's how I learned about cognitive behavioral therapy. And also I know I wanted to, ch I know I sometimes, sure I'm a positive, I can be positive, but I also can be negative to myself. Mm -hmm. and like the whole talking to my, the negative self-talk I know needs to go, or rather I want it to go. Not I need, it needs to go. I want it to go away. So I'm more positive with myself and more loving towards myself. So that's not a big reason why I wanted to go to therapy. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I remembered from what you were talking about before, you were saying that you're very future focused. You wanted somebody to help you with the future, not blame it on the past, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, CBT is a great fit for that. CBT is extremely structured, has a lot of techniques, a lot of homework. So people who are very task-oriented, CBT is on point. How about you, Miss Lawyer? Miss Lawyer yeah. and on Miss 103. I like crossing things off a to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> so no wonder. So that's great. I love that you did your research, essentially. But it sounds like, you know, you were just side reading for, you know, for fun psychology, just like everybody does that, of course. Right. <laughs> okay. But I know that there are some family out there who do that. So I know that some people came across CBT that way, but others feel free to look it up. Um, it's all over, all over internet for more information. And a lot of psychologists, therapists, counselors, they know CBT just by saying that, and they can explain if they are specialized in that or not. So thank you for sharing that. Furthermore, I would say that CBT is not the only approach. There's so many other kinds of therapeutic approaches for talk therapy or psychotherapy. CBT is a wonderful, wonderful aspect because it has a lot of structure and, and homework, but other people focus on other things. For me, I'm particularly solution focused. So I'm always working with my clients on, hey, let's talk about What's going on here? And let's figure out the solution for it by figuring out, okay, this is what works and this is what does not work, essentially. And I know that sounds very simplified, but when you have a conversation in a, in a therapeutic session, it's wonderful. It's magic. And then CBT does complement that. So glad that it works for you, or at least so far, right? So far, yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's great. So you said that you worked with your first therapist very successfully and they assisted you. Can you tell us more about that? She uh, focused, she's the one who introduced me that we all have an inner child that we need to help and like, acknowledge essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I never learned about that before. And so she also wanted me to talk more about my feelings, which helped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's what we mostly focused on I think I went to her for about a year. 
Okay. So I love all of that. Talking about feelings, making sure that you are attending to your inner child, your inner self, being good and kind to yourself and that inner child as well. Sometimes it's that process of, okay, how do we how do we be a really good friend to that inner self? How do we be a good mother to that inner child? You know, take really good care of that particular entity of yourself. So I really like to hear that. But you also said talking about your feelings. What was your biggest lesson inside of that particular topic? Was just to actually think about how I feel in response to whatever situation it is. Like just think about how I feel and also be able to vocalize that or just even to myself like just so I can be acknowledge that if I'm feeling sad frustrated angry just so I was more in tune with how I was feeling instead of just going with the flow or not really paying attention to how I was feeling hmm. what were you doing before that knowledge before that knowledge I just kept it to myself or I wasn't honoring my feelings Kept it to yourself, wasn't honoring your feelings. Does that sound familiar out there to anyone, family? Does that sound familiar? Do you keep things to yourself? Do you not express your emotions? And I'm thinking that most of the people who are listening right now, that, that's coming across loud and clear. Yes, family, I am talking to you. So thanks for sharing that because that's so important. Yes. And remarkably, no matter what client I have in front of me, male, female, young, old, here or halfway across the world, this is always a conversation that we eventually end up needing to have. This is not an optional topic. This is usually always a very important conversation that we have to have. What are you feeling right now? You know that, that you see in every movie and TV show, that very traditional, how are you feeling? How does that make you feel? When... You thought about that question, how does that make you feel? When working with your therapist, how were you able to answer that? It took me a while. Like she gave me a, one of those diagrams that has different faces. Yes, love it. The emotion emoji scale. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I would look at that. I would use that like for a while, like a just... <laughs> I think I would pull up my phone just to see how I was feeling. And so I can figure out which emoji I was feeling. Yes. And that's actually related to how the doctors, they ask you, Hey, on a scale of one to 10, how severe is your pain? So this is something simplified along that way to just get the starting process of emotion recognition. So love that. So yeah, emojis were your, (laughs) were your identifier. Love (laughs) it. And then when were you able to actually, you know, call those emotions out? Oh, I don't know how long it took me, but eventually I started thinking more about my feelings and not just throwing it under the rug or not acknowledging them. That just makes me so happy to hear. (laughs) The therapist loves that because, uh, you know, the throwing it under the rug is so of the times. We have been involved in being a very busy society. There's so much expected of us. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and we're in a pandemic. And you just have to react. You, you have to stay in line. You have to get what you got to get. And it's, it's really challenging. And just the thought process to stop and acknowledge your emotion is so very foreign. Very, very foreign. All right. Pop quiz, Miss Anonymous 103. What are you feeling right now? <laughs> Top three emotions of your day right now. 
let's see. I'm a little bit overwhelmed since I have a busy week this week. Okay. Um, I am trying, no, I'm not trying. Um, <laughs> a little anxious too, because of the overwhelming nature of either my job or other things I have to work on. Understood. And nervous about what's going on, about things I cannot control. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And there is no pass or fail. Hopefully, once you get in the habit of this, you are always able to understand what those emotions are. So just a quick point to the family, just a small emotion recognition exercise just in that. So stop, identify, and then respond to it. So the stopping, literally take 10 seconds, 20 seconds, a minute, just to check in with yourself. I often tell my clients, you're going to do this on a regular process, morning, noon, and night. And I always share with my clients three emotions. Always try to identify three emotions because we're human beings, we're complex, and usually you are not just experiencing one emotion. It's usually a mix of several. So identify the, at least the three emotions that you're feeling in that moment. Then after that, you identify what it is, and then how do you respond to it? When you're experiencing negative emotions, then how do you figure out to level up from that? When you're experiencing positive emotions, then how do you stay there? So if I were to go to you, I would say the first one that you mentioned, the first emotion? Um, Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. So inside of that, that's more of a a not pleasant emotion. So when you're thinking about the fact that you're overwhelmed, what do you need to do or what can you do by the end of the day to reduce that feeling of overwhelm? Same thing with being anxious and same thing with the nervous. If we picked one, maybe the overwhelm, what do you think you could do on your your own by the end of the day to make you feel a little less overwhelmed? Is writing a to writing my to-do list and then crossing off what I've done for the day. That helps me a lot because at Ooh. least I feel like I accomplished stuff every time I scratch something out. Ooh, that is good stuff. That's one of my favorite things as well. When I can check off or cross off my to-do list, which I write every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. Sometimes there are multiple to-do lists multiple times every single day. <laughs> that feels good. Yeah. And just a quick question, what brought you to therapy just in the, in the initial? So with the current therapist, I was feeling a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. that was concentrating on my back and my neck. And so I just wanted to learn how to relax a little mm-hmm. bit more since I don't take any medications for anxiety and I want to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to look for more tools as to how to relax my anxiety and relax and just basically relax and <laughs> truly <laughs> I just want to learn other methods to do that and yeah. also do more self-loving talk to myself you're talking about anxiety management and more positive self-talk yes absolutely and that's something we could all always use and that's as we grow and mature we should always be building that particular muscle for sure anxiety management is not always easy to figure out that's why people do turn to for the professionals and therapists. So I love that you were wanting to make that change. And I really want to take note to how you said you could feel it in your back and you said your shoulders. Is that what you said? Yeah, my back, shoulder, well, my back and my neck. Mm. And my shoulders. Just like all my back, the back of my neck. 
It's Man. always there, yeah. So it was severe enough where you felt like, okay, I've got to, got to figure this out. That is correct. Oh, man. So I'm thinking that's a lot of pain or discomfort. I'm so sorry you went through that. Anxiety is experienced very differently from person to person. And the symptoms range just incredibly because anxiety is actually a very basic function. It, you know, attached to your fight or flight, your survival mode of your brain. You know, back in the day, you were being chased by a cheetah. <laughs> so the fear raises, but part of that fear is anxiety. So anxiety is a par- process of self-protection. But when we do not have the cheetah chasing us anymore, it manifests a lot differently today, you know, just from a busy schedule, from things that we don't know, from uncertainty, from chaos around us, and we don't know how to handle it. So people experience it very differently because it's a very basic process of the body and the brain. And some people experience the anxiety symptoms very mentally, emotionally, with, you know, the constant thoughts, rumination over and over, and you having a similar thought without the process of a solution, and you're obsessing. And other people experience it very physically, pain, discomfort, nausea, or just, you know, a weak belly. I had a client once describe it as, you know, lots of ticking your legs or your fingers, unable to sit still, you know, restless, you're bouncing your leg a lot, or you experience really a lot of tension in your your back and your neck, like you were saying, Anonymous 103. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So inside of that recognition, please, family out there, always recognize that not only anxiety is experienced inward, but it can also be experienced outward. And whenever you get to that kind of level, that's still a symptom that tells you it's ideal to go and seek therapy, to figure out the anxiety management, to figure out how you are dealing well with this particular, whatever is in your, in your life going on. Ms. Anonymous 103, what is the process? What does the therapy look like? How do you do that? So right now it's all via Zoom and I have only been seeing her once a week for about an hour each time. And so we just, during, after the session, at the end of the session, I'll just calendar like the next two sessions to make sure I get my time so it doesn't interfere. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been consistent. And I think I told you I've only gone to her twice, but I think it's actually three or four times now, but That's lovely. That's a good start. And usually that's the introduction phase. So the sessions from one to about four or five, you're getting to know each other. You're introducing each other. They're going to have a lot of questions for you. You're going to have a lot to say, or you're working to figure out how to speak out your emotions. (laughs) Which one are you on that latter part? I am more being more open about my experiences or Mm -hmm. working on being more open. Go ahead, because it's oh, kind of difficult to talk about. It's not something I want to talk about every day. Right, exactly. <laughs> so the therapy, exactly. So I, I really like that you're in the beginning and so far it's going well. So well wishes to you there. Let me just ask really, you know, as we wrap up the session, when you went into this course of therapy, what's your overall goal for when you're complete? That's a good question. My overall goal is... To have a more positive mindset and to talk and better self-talk and more positive self-talk. Okay. That's my ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And family out there, if, you know, that's, it's not that you have to come to therapy for, you know, trauma, you know, something horrible happened to you, something 
super life-changing. You could just simply want to change your mindset and want to treat yourself better. And also on top of it, I also want to relax to manage my anxiety so I don't have like this back tension and neck tension. Yes. Learn how to relax and just be more present. And that's a fabulous goal too. You know, the funny thing is inside of our particular culture, actually several Western cultures, that relaxation part is not easy. You think you know how to do it and then you sit down and you try to do it. Does it happen? Sometimes no. (laughs) Right. So I like that you went to therapy because sometimes you have to talk out why is that happening? So it's not just about, okay, let me just sit down and relax, but you have to figure out the pieces to, okay, what's really going on here. And I'm hoping that that also is going to be continuously revealed to you through this course of therapy. I'm wishing you well and all the best. Is there any recommendation that you would give to the family out there in regards to therapy from your experiences? I would recommend just go to therapy. If you're thinking about going, just go. And then if you don't like the therapist, continue to find one that you do like. Since there are therapists that will match, there is a match somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just like, you know, a relationship, a friendship, a colleagueship, you know, there are some people that you are going to gel with and other people who you're not going to gel with. And when it doesn't work out the first time or perhaps the second or third time, like in your case, it doesn't mean that therapy is not working. It just means you have to continuously look for that right person for you. That is the most important part that I at least want to express. And thank you so much for sharing your story inside of, inside of your own journey, Anonymous 103. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And then one more thing. Family's got to get to know you just a little bit. We got a little lightning round that we often like to do just to catch in just a tiny bit more, you know, not information, just to, yeah, just to get more gems about you. You, you game? Yes, I am. Okay. Wonderful. So really quick. First thing, Mac or PC? Peace. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Okay, so Mac, all right. And what's your favorite Starbucks order? It would be a chai latte with, with soy milk or a grande latte with no syrup. Wow. With almond or soy milk. That sounds very nice and, you know, very together. It sounds like so, a professional order. Cinnamon and nutmeg on top. It's tasty. <laughs> Quite nice. I, I always forget to do that at Starbucks, you know, the little sprinkles. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to do in the whole world? Travel. Yes. I love to travel. Um, I travel at least like, well, besides this year, I travel like once or twice internationally. Mm. So I like to do that and like go for like two weeks and stay in a country for two weeks and explore. That's like my number one thing to do, but on the daily, what I like to do for fun would be walking, hiking, just doing something active essentially and being with being with either a friend or my mom and having a good conversation while hiking or walking. All good things for anxiety. I like all of those letter things that you just mentioned. And follow-up question on the first thing you mentioned, what's your favorite place you've been in the world? It would be either Machu Picchu or Costa Rica. Ooh, both excellent picks. 
well-traveled professional <laughs> working on yourself and your future. Definitely digging all of that. Wrapping up with, would love to hear your favorite quote. If someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them by Dr. Maya Angelou. Mm, absolutely. It's very true. So uh, thank you so much for being on the show again. You were wonderful and your story I know is going to impact the family. So we appreciate it and wish you well in your therapeutic journey and more. Thank you. I enjoy this whole process. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Do I Need Therapy? If you did, please tell a friend and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuned in. If you're always on Instagram like myself, come check out my page. I've got lots of tips and tricks on life and mental wellness. Ask me your questions. Plus, tell me what's on your mind, even if you need to figure out if you need therapy. And for my Facebookers and all my Twitter peeps and my Pinterest pinners, I'm online there too. In fact, I'm everywhere at April and Dell. Meantime, I can't wait to chat with you again on the next episode. So, till then, peace, love, and mental wellness. Come in, come in.